Tonight we want to continue talking about characteristics of a godly marriage from 1 Peter chapter 3. We've been uh, at this for a number of weeks. Um, we uh, have six characteristics six characteristics here of a godly marriage. We'll look at the last two uh, today. Uh, what characteristics of a godly marriage does Peter focus on as seen in the roles of a man and a woman? Well, let's just review quickly. Um, the first one we looked at was the wife submits to her husband to transform him. And uh, uh, that was a uh, verse there. And uh, then... Uh, secondly, we looked at the wife fo is focused on the internal, not the external, in verses uh, 2 uh, through 4. Uh, and then uh, last week we took two characteristics, and, uh, and we got into uh, verse 7 where uh, the husband knows his wife, uh, dwells with them in knowledge, and the husband dwells with his wife. He's around, you know, he's, uh, he's there for her. Uh, and oftentimes, uh, this can be uh, a difficult thing for uh, some men, even us who are in ministry, sometimes we're not at home as much as we ought to be. And uh, so uh, a husband dwells with his wife. Well, we're going to look at uh, the last two characteristics. Again, we're in verse 7. And verse 7 says... Uh, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. The, first, uh, the fifth uh, characteristic is couples recognize their differences. And uh, Peter continues here, first of all, by talking about honoring one another. Uh, he says... Uh, Husbands, well with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. Marriage is a partnership established by God as he brought about the marriage even of Isaac and Rebekah in the Old Testament. Uh, in that partnership, you found that uh, Isaac was uh, the weak partner and the wife was the weaker partner. Yeah, men, we're weak. And, uh, but... Uh, uh, sometimes, uh, as he says here, uh, the woman is the weaker vessels. Humans are weak. All of us are weak. Uh, weaker in this fallen world. Because, why? Because we're made of dust. Made of dust. Uh, consider uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, where it says, And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And then in verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into the nostrils of the breath of life, and the man became a living soul. Uh, Paul writes, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And Peter quotes Isaiah, back in chapter 1, if you remember, in verse 24, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. So the Christian wife is weaker than the husband, not intellectually, not necessarily morally or spiritually, or in terms of work of conscience. 
but usually physically and generally, I'm speaking generally, economically. You see, if that's true, that's got to be true because my wife asked me to open the jar of pickles, right? Okay. Otherwise, why would the wife ask the husband to open the jar of pickles? Well, seriously, emotions, physical aspects, uh, and, and the, even in our day when we have a great deal of domestic problems, sexual abuse, and that may take place if the husband does not dwell with the wife according to knowledge, the knowledge of God, and allow God to rule regarding marriage. We have no uh, freedom but to obey the Lord Jesus Christ, our head. Now, for a Christian, the Bible must regulate his entire life, including marriage and family. Uh, the Bible teaches us, and it rebukes us, and it corrects us, and it trains us to live righteously. A husband can be physically stronger, so he can do hard work, even manual labor, uh, if needs be, to support his family. Paul says, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith, and is worse than an infidel. 1 Timothy 5.8. He also said, Paul said, let uh, him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Ephesians 4.28. It was God who said, to Adam, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I am commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth to thee, and shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till... Thou return into the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. Now, Peter, who gives us this letter, he knew what hard work was. Uh, he was a fisherman, and oftentimes his fishing would be out at night. And he did that to provide for his family. In John chapter 21, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into the ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. Um, that was not the way it was supposed to work. I mean, he was trying to provide for his, his household, and they worked all night, and nothing came as a result. That's the kind of fisherman I, I'm acquainted with. Uh, that's usually the, what happens to me uh, if I go fishing, catch nothing. And, in, you know, Jesus himself worked as a carpenter to support his mother and his siblings. And so both husband and wife are in Christ able to put on the new man, which after Christ is created in righteousness and true holiness, the Bible tells us. A man may be stronger, but he cannot give birth to children. He cannot nurse them. And Paul exhorts us uh, as husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, in my view, we husbands fall way short of Christ's standards many, many times. And we need to repent daily for our sins of omission. You see, the enormous work 
Christian wives do for the glory of, of God. Paul makes reference to this, and he speaks about the widows. He said in 1 Timothy 5, Let not a widow be taken into the number under threescore years old, having been the wife of one man well reported of for good works. If she hath brought up children, if she hath lodged strangers, if she hath washed the saints' feet, if she hath relieved the afflicted, if she hath diligently followed every good work, well, those are some things men have, would have a hard time doing. Because the women are doing those things. And he goes on to say, I therefore that younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. And he also said that they, that is the older women, may teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Now it's interesting that many times, of course in our society, our culture, verses like this go against what people want to think. And yet this is the word of God. It's not some, uh, somebody just saying, well, you, you need to do this and you need to do that. And, and this is what God's word says. A husbands, love your wives. What does that love mean? Again, uh, of course, the love chapter in, in 1 Corinthians 13, charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinking no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity but rejoiceth in the truth, bearing, beareth all things, believeth all things, and hopeth all things, endureth all things. And so there's, a, there's a plenty of room for both the husband and the wife to honor one another by honoring God's word. Okay, so that's why we're talking about honoring one another, and he does it from the standpoint of the husbands dwelling with our wives according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. Now, there's also the respecting of one another. See, that's pretty much the same, isn't it? Well, it's very similar. Respecting one another. Because he says here, he goes on to say, as under the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Uh, even though there may be differences between the husband and the wife, the man and the woman, physically and emotionally, Christian wives are heirs together with their husbands of the grace of life. Wives are equal to their husbands in experiencing eternal life. The wife gets saved just like the husband gets saved by repenting of their sins and, and trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved and uh, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's true for both men and women. Now, in Adam, all sinned. All means all, and that's all All means. Uh, all men have sinned. All women have sinned. All are saved by grace alone. And there comes a time when they are effectually uh, called and regenerated, a time when they repent and believe, a time when they're justified, adopted, being sanctified. But in eternity future, they'll be glorified, and God saves men and women. 
They're heirs together of the grace of life. You know, the Philippian jailer asked, what must I do to be saved? Of course, in Acts 16, Paul and Silas replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in the house. And he took them that same hour of the night, and washed their stripes, and was baptized, and he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them, and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. They followed his leadership, and they trusted Christ. Christian husbands and wives are joint heirs together of the grace of life. Paul writes, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be, we suffer with him that we may be glorified together. Romans 8, 17. And then we're told in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Living stones includes men and women, all believers. Men, women, children. And uh, do you know that the wives and the husbands are both priests in the church? We're all priests. We're believer priests. We don't need a, a high priest or a priest that, that uh, doesn't uh, intervenes between us and God. Every believer is a priest. And we're equal in Christ. Paul said, there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither is there bond nor free, neither is there male or female. For we are all one in Christ Jesus. And so in this regard, we're equal in these things that matter spiritually. So a Christian husband must take, make sure to honor their Christian wives. They should praise them. They should thank them. Uh, not take their good works for granted. Husbands should also teach their children to honor and praise and pray for and thank their mothers. Husbands, keep this in mind. You and your wife are one flesh. Paul says, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even the Lord as the Lord the church. In Proverbs 31, we often refer this to the uh, chapter concerning a godly wife. And we especially note there that it says, Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. And so in a godly marriage, a couple will recognize their differences. And then the last one, last characteristic, is couples experience unhindered prayer. Here, Peter concludes verse 7 with uh, that your prayers be not hindered. Now, if we do not obey what God is telling us to do, then our prayers will not be heard by God. 
our prayers will be hindered. If a Christian husband fails to dwell with his wife in love and unity of mind and will and affections, practicing the truth of one flesh and paying honor to his wife as the weaker vessel, he must know for certain his prayers will not be heard. Husbands, make sure you know in the eyes of God that your wife enjoys eternal life. She's a co-heir with you. And if you fail to understand and honor your wife, then your prayers will not be heard by an omniscient God. James says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. He's speaking about the prayers of a man who's holy and righteous and obedient. How many prayers have we prayed that were not heard because there was sin in our lives? The blind man said, Now we know that God heareth not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. The psalmist says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. We also read in Proverbs, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Well, you know, that can apply to a relationship between husband and wife as well. Paul writes, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Someone has said that no one should go to sleep on the, lug of the baggage of sin and guilt. We must take care of our relational problems before the sun goes down. We must stop fighting. Be reconciled. Be at peace. And so Paul says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And then he also said, Neither give place to the devil. If we hold on to sin, we give the devil a foothold in our hearts. Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. And then if you look here in 1 Peter chapter 3, down in verse 12, it says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Again, the psalmist would say in Psalm 55, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Remember Daniel? Daniel prayed three times daily and heard his, God heard his prayers. We read there in Daniel 6, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. It was his practice to do that on a daily basis. Think about how many prayers of ours that have not been heard because we came to God with dirty hearts. We came fighting, being wicked, being sinful, arguing, not living in peace with one another. God will not hear the prayers of such people. 
especially of those of a sinful husband. If you're that kind of husband, you need to repent and ask forgiveness of your wife and receive forgiveness and pray and ask God to forgive you. And God will hear and bless you and your family. The Bible says, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. You know, how many people are, are holding a grudge for years and years and years and, and can't let it go? We must forgive each other as God has forgiven us in Christ. Jesus said, if, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not your men their trespasses, neither will your Father give, forgive your trespasses. Well, there is so much scripture to back up what we just read here in this one verse. What Peter writes here about hindered versus unhindered prayer about a godly marriage. And a godly marriage is one where the prayers are, un, not, are unhindered. So, here are those six characteristics. The wife submits to the husband, and it's transformative. The wife has a focus on the internal instead of the external. The husband is growing in knowledge of his wife and the word of God. The husband dwells together with his wife. The couple honors their differences and the couple has unhindered, powerful prayer. I trust that we'll lay hold of these truths from these few verses here in 1 Peter chapter 3. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word and the guidance that we can receive if we'll just be faithful to open the word and study it and Help us not only to study it, but to receive it and then to put it to practice, to obey it. Lord, we pray that our marriages here at Spooner Baptist Church will be marriages that honor you, that have these characteristics that we've studied. Lord, bless our time in prayer now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.